the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. James, I told you we'd get to it, says in the second chapter, verse 1, My brothers, my brothers, as believers in the glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Don't do it. Now, this word favoritism, we're not supposed to show favoritism. What does that word mean? I want you to write this down. This is very interesting. It's a Greek word that they just kind of put together. It's really two words that they just mashed them together to make up a word. And the first word is the word for face. And the second word he used is a word in the Greek for taking. So he just kind of puts them together and he says, hey, as believers, don't, don't be face-taking. Well, what does that mean, don't be, a, don't be face-taking? Well, uh, stay in James because I want to read some of these verses. But over in Romans, it says the same thing. In Romans chapter 2, I'll put it on the screen. It says, for God does not show favoritism. And what that means and how it reads is there's no face-taking with God is how that reads. goes all the way back to Deuteronomy chapter 1, all the way back in the beginning of your Bibles, the beginning of the Old Testament. It says, do not show partiality in your judging in other words no face taking in judging what does this phrase mean no face taking it simply means that you don't take someone's face and make a judgment about the person based on how their face looks so a judge in a trial should never make a decision in the course of that trial based on how the person looks There are so many scriptures like this that God doesn't judge a person by his face or by his appearance. Again, the Bible establishes the standards for impartial justice. And that fact was finally dawned on uh, by Peter in Acts chapter 10, verse 34. It was proclaimed by the Apostle Paul in Galatians 2, verse 6. And here it is put to words by James in James chapter 2. Don't show favoritism. Don't judge a person by his face. Down in Oklahoma, we'd say don't judge a book by its cover. It's hard for us not to do that because of the talking heads on television get paid to divide us.
Thomas Sowell said that racism is not dead, but it is on life support. But it's being kept alive by politicians and race hustlers and people who get a sense of superiority by denouncing others as racist. And I, I tend to agree with that statement, but I believe that most Americans, that most people, I'm talking about the vast majority of people who live on the streets, that they do get along with each other. And there are those who seek to divide us, and we're so foolish for allowing them to do so. Now, I would admit to you, I'm admitting this, that there are some people who are prejudiced in this country. They're they're everywhere. But I believe they're in the minority. What's being taught today is that everyone is a racist. That's what you're being told, that everyone is a racist, and that is simply not true. Most people in this country understand we're one race. Going back to James, says, he says, as a believer, you should not be showing favoritism. And he uses an illustration in this text that is common that we do the same because oftentimes we judge someone according to their skin. James uses an illustration that we should never judge anyone according to their wealth. Now, he could have used any illustration. He chose wealth. He says in verse 2, James 2, verse 2, suppose, and he just, you know, he could have said anything, but he said, suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring, and in the Greek, it's a word that means he actually literally has a gold finger. And he has a fine clothes, and, he's, and then you have a poor man that comes in in shabby clothes. He also comes in. So you have two guys. One looks rich, one looks poor. He says in verse 3, if you show special attention to the man wearing the fine clothes, the gold finger guy, and you say, here's a good seat for you, but you say to the poor man, you've got to stand over there or sit here on the floor by my feet. He said, have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and you have become judges with evil what? Thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, we we spend most of our time judging people. We don't like people who drive slow. We don't like people who drive fast. We don't like certain people because they're born on the wrong side of the railroad tracks, or we don't like someone because they sing better than us, or they're more gifted than us, or a better leader than us. They got a better seat than us. And all we're doing is setting ourselves up as judge and jury and those are evil thoughts because we're either thinking about what they can do for us or we, tr- we like to criticize people so it makes us feel better about ourselves. First Samuel 16, 7, the Bible says that the Lord does not even look at the things that man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You know, you realize how much time we spend in our life just worrying about our outward appearance or the outward appearance of someone else? And the entire time, what we ought to be spending our time on is what's happening inside of our heart. I will tell you, I'm, I'm being so honest with you here, I am so burdened for where our country, the divisions in this country, and how we lump people together based on the color of their skin. I don't care what the subject is. Anytime someone says that all white people are like this, or that all black people are like this, or that all Asian people are like this, or that all Latino people are like this, whoever's saying those words are doing the exact 
opposite of what God's Word says, which is we are to never base someone based upon their appearance, ever. All rich people are like this. All poor people are like this. All vaccinated people. All unvaccinated people. All Republicans. All Democrats. There's only two classes of people that you should be concerned about. The lost and the saved. Those who know Jesus and those who don't know Jesus. That's the only classification you should be worried about today. And even in that, write this down. He calls us to love. That's what we're called to do. Listen, God's going to do the judging. There's there's no need for us to judge. God's, God's got that covered. And you and I don't know all the facts anyway. He's the only one that knows all the facts. He expects us to get along. He knows that we won't. He calls us to love. James 2.8 says, if you really, uh, everybody say the word really. Because that's the key word here. Because most of you know every word in this verse, but you skip over that really part. If you really keep the royal law that's found in Scripture to love your neighbor as yourself. If you really keep that law, ah, you're doing the right thing. Now, if you show favoritism, in other words, you you judge, you do face taking, you judge people based on the how they look, you sin, and you're convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Go back and look at James two eight one more time. If you really keep the royal law. Now, you're not, now, now, you should know what the royal law is. How many of you are like you're a little familiar with the royal law? How many of you are a little bit familiar? You remember the story in Matthew chapter 22. Uh, someone came to Jesus and they said, hey, Jesus, can you, can you tell us what is the greatest commandment? We've got all these commandments. There's like 613 of them. Jesus, can you tell us the greatest commandment? Yeah, how, many of you, how many of you remember this story in the Bible? And Jesus said, well, I'll tell you the greatest commandment. It's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind. How many of you are familiar with that? And then he said, and they didn't ask him the top two. They just said, hey, what is the greatest? Remember, they just said, Lord, what is the greatest? And he answers, the greatest is to love the Lord your God. And he he says, well, we didn't ask for the top two. Oh, I'm going to give you the top two. The first one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind. But the second, he says, is just like it. And look at these words. In Matthew 22, verse 39 and 40. And the second is just like that first one. To love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said, all of those laws and all of the prophets, all of the Bible hangs on those two commandments. And I'll be honest with you, when I first, re- you know, I read Matthew 22, and they said, hey, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? I thought, I don't know why I thought this. I thought he was just kind of summarizing. Like, like Jesus, he knows all 613 laws. He knows what the Bible's all about. And he said, hey, what's the greatest? He said, oh, let me sum this up for you. He wasn't summarizing. 
He was saying verbatim. He knew all 613 of those laws. He said, I'll tell you the first and the greatest command of all those laws. And he quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's an Old Testament verse. He says, that's the greatest commandment. And when he gets to the second half, he wasn't like generally speaking, generalized, summarizing. No, he specifically quoted Leviticus 19.18 that says, Do not seek revenge or bear grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. And he's saying that the whole Bible hangs on not one commandment, but those two. Now, if you live here in L.A., your neighbor might be black. Your neighbor might be white. Your neighbor might be gay. Your neighbor might be a Republican. Your neighbor might be a Democrat. Your neighbor might not be a citizen of this country. Might not speak English. Your job is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. We'll talk next weekend. You're, you don't have to agree with what they do. But you've got to love them. And as we close, number three, I've still got a lot to say, so we've got to write quick. God's got the perfect solution. Number one is the peace that comes through His Son. I have to say this. Jesus is the only answer to the problems in this country. But back in those days, this was 2,000 years ago. I told you what the country's like back in the 30s and the 17th 18th centuries and back in the you know when 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 the settlers first got here but you know 2000 years ago there there's always been division in every in every culture in Jesus's day it was between the Jews and the Gentiles they didn't like each other now how many of you are here today you're Jewish raise your hand you're, if you got Jewish you're a Jewish person god bless you how many of you you're not Jewish raise your hand if you're not Jewish oh you're the Gentiles <laughs> well back in those days they wouldn't sit next to each other like you sit right here they hated each other. They actually called each other names. Imagine that. The Jews, of course, part of their faith was to be circumcised. It was, it was like it was one of their religious rituals. To, it was very important for a Jewish boy to be circumcised. Now, the Gentiles, they didn't do circumcision. So the Jews actually would call the Gentiles and call you names. They said, you, oh, you, you are the uncircumcised. You know, you're, you're the unvaccinated. I mean, it's the, same, it's the same vitriol, just a different topic. And so what, is, what does Paul say to this church? I just want to read through this because I, I want to read another passage. He says, therefore, remember that, that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called the uncircumcised by those who call themselves a circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men, Remember that at one time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel. You were a foreigner to the covenants of the promise without hope, without God. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far, 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 far away, you've been brought near through the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace. 
who has made the two one. What, who's this two? The Jew and the Gentile with all of their differences. Because of what Jesus Christ, he takes two people that are complete extreme in what they believe and he makes them one. And he's destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostilities. Skip all the way down to verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but now you're fellow citizens with God's people and members of the same household. You're members of God's house. Only Jesus Christ can break down those walls. So you've got the peace through his son that unites all of That's why we're here today. We, 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 we're all so different, yet we're here as one because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And so the second part of this last point, now this love, this joy, this peace, this family, this oneness, this togetherness that is seen right here, we as his saints are supposed to pass this on. That's why it says that I got a new command for you to love each other just as I've loved you. So you too should love one another. I've got to read this last verse, okay? Are you with me? I'm sorry, but I have to. And we'll, we'll, I'll pray right after this. Romans 12. How are we going to get rid of prejudices? Racism, division, strife, the arguing, the fighting, at each other's necks. How? You've got to follow this. It begins by saying love must be sincere. I, I want you to know I love you. I don't care what color your skin is. I, I don't care. I really don't care. I don't care. I, when I tell you I love you, I'm very sincere in that. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how poor you are. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care where you live. I just want you to know that I love you. This, this is how these walls come down. Love must be sincere. And we've got to hate what is evil. And there is a lot of evil. Cling to that which is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. And honor one another above yourself. That alone would solve all the racism in this country. Honor one another above yourself. Be joyful in hope. I know some of you out here have suffered injustices. I know that. I know that to be true. But be patient in your affliction. Be faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. We should have empathy for one another. Verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Verse 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. But be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. 
Verse 18, if, if it's possible, I know, I know, it seems like it's not possible. But if it is possible, live at peace with everyone. And do not take revenge, my friends. Leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, and I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap a burning coals on his head. But here's the verse, verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with God. Let's all stand. Listen to me. Do you know who's killing white people in this country? White people. Do you know who kills most black people in this country? Black people. Do you know who kills Asians in this country? Asian people. Do you know who kills all the Latino people in this country? Latino people. Now, there's some exceptions to that. Every once in a while, a white guy kills a black guy and a black guy kills a white guy. That's all you see on the news. But blacks kill blacks, whites kill whites, Latinos kill Latinos, Asians kill Asians. Here's the problem. Here's, listen to me. We have a sin problem in this country. We, we don't even love ourselves. We hate our own people. This world needs what we have inside this room. You come in here, we worship together, we love each other sincerely. You've got to take that love, you've got to take that joy, that peace, that forgiveness, that oneness, this unity that we have here. And you've got to get out of this building and you've got to go out into this divisive, bitter world. And you love those people the way you love yourself. And you say, let me take you to some place where people from every imaginable background come together to worship a living God. And you bring them in here. And we'll lift up Jesus. And Jesus will break down all those walls of hostility. It's the only hope our nation has. The only hope. And you're a part of the solution. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash 
and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.